Welcome back to The Consequences Podcast with Paul McNulty and Sean McCreevy. What do you want to listen to next, chaps? What's we got on our Peter, list? Why don't, why don't you, you choose? choose? I know you've got, oh, you've got we, your Iron Barkley, James yeah, Harvest. Yeah, a bit of Barkley, James Harvest, because yeah. it's got a great strawberry story behind it. Liam, uh, yep. in my strawberry corner up there, yeah. one of the later albums in that section yeah. uh, is the Barclay James Harvest album. Okay. So, would you mind bringing October on? You're looking for October on. October on. That's it. So um, we don't actually know what this tape is because we uh, we we bang them in the oven without labelling them. Um, so this is we think either Barclay James Harvest sound effects or. Um, a mystery thing from a, a yeah. 10cc album with AAS written on the on the cover. Right, chaps, you ready for? Yeah, a... certainly am. Some music at the end there, wasn't it? Yeah, did we have a wow? So, just read out the box for us there. Yeah, so the the sticker on the box with Strawberry Recording Studios is actually an 80s one, so later than the earlier ones we were listening to before. And it just says 10cc album, ours, AAS, on opening title. So, I'm thinking it has to, well, no, I don't know. You were it's thinking a strawberry Windows North. in the Jungle, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was thinking Windows in the Jungle because the sticker looked from that era. I'm just now, it just says the same on the spine. Yeah. So it's definitely ours rather than AAS. Yeah, ours on opening mm-hmm. title, 10cc album. Opening title. Could go back to one of the early 80s albums, I guess. Just because it's on a Strawberry North. Yeah. I definitely hear Graham's voice in there. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. suspect it's, it's Graham and... Eric, beautiful harmonies. Yeah. What other opening titles have there been? On two five, Don't not ask. that one. Don't yeah. ask. Does it sound like any of them? Does it? Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, it's not. Meanwhile, uh, let's have another listen. E- each and every one of these tapes is something, another revelation, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. It's not. Don't ask, is it? So what? Is it Don't Ask? I don't know. I've just got a little bit of... Yeah, and we hear a tiny bit of the track coming through the headphones, don't we? Mm. I've just just got a picture of Don't Ask in my head then, from that. Because there are a lot of R's in that. Yeah. Yeah, coming up now. That. No? Let's hear the RR's again. I think it might be um, if you go to 24 hours. Yeah. In the mid where it goes, Phil, have you got it? Oh yeah. And it goes the city's a jungle and the to survive. Yeah. City's a jungle with a city survive. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I think that's more likely to be. Yeah, and it would fit with the sticker as well. Yes. And plus I opening did, plus I did say that. 
from the start. You do. Right. Yeah, windows in the jungle. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> There's there there is a backing there's a pad of harmonies, yeah. isn't there? Right. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I think that, that is it. You'd never know it no. by uh, in isolation. Let's just check it. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Wow. Wow. So opening track. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Andrew Dalgano would be happy with that. <laughs> God, brilliant. Can you listen to that again one more time? Just that, just that. Of course. Burst. Oh. Is the tape fluctuating a bit I there? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, well. It is, you can hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, now yeah, we can see it. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Right. Oh, there we go. Mostly Graham's voice to my ears, though. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Great harmonies. Oh, that was excellent. Why oh. would they have done that, though? Why would they have just put that little burst on here? They probably just ran to loop out of, it. They probably ran out of tracks. Right, okay. And so that what they do is, is bounce it all down onto quarter-inch tape. Um, I mean, that sounds like it's probably a dozen parts or something. Uh, they probably didn't have 12 tracks or enough tracks to bounce right. on, the, uh, okay. on the multi-track. Mix it down to quarter inch and then manually play it in. Mm. So they were, that, that would be played each time, just you know, almost like cut and pasted in old, mm. old turns. Like yeah, but literally yeah. two tape yeah, yeah. machines yeah, yeah. and then right, yeah. go, mm. sort yeah. of thing. Mm. Wow. The way they, they did the, uh, when Kevin Godley did his um, water drop drum roll, um, he did it in exactly the same way where they recorded the the water drops in different pitches on another tape recorder and then literally manually played them in. Right. Kind of literally just wiping them across the tape head like that. Right, right. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, that's great. And it's it's funny because digital recording actually existed at that time. So they could have done yeah. it through digital mm. sampling, mm. which is, is a way that, that's another way that they could have fed those parts into the track. Mm. Sample them onto a computer and then play them in. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Right, let me rewind the tape. <laughs> All those little nuggets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's interesting just to see how they did it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah the process yeah. of. Yeah, never would have known that. No. Yeah. Song construction rather yeah. than just performing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. So, what's the tape in here then? That's something else. Because this is the box for that. Oh, maybe that's. This we think is by James Harvest, yeah? Is that yeah, right? I think it will be. Yeah. yeah. And the red tape is poking out, so that probably means it's going to be backwards. So I had two older brothers, and one of them was into Barclay James right. Harvest. Right. And I didn't think much of it, but then I saw it was recorded at Strawberry, this one. And, and, and that kind of so I listened to, it all, I listened to it all then, and that suicide track I think was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Right. Just for that little drama type piece at the end. 
Yeah. Analog is marvellous, but it is faffy. Yeah. yeah. That's what Peter likes. Though, he says <laughs> he likes physically touching and yeah. moving and whatever. He says he can't get into the digital at all. No. Because when Pauline Renshaw did that tribute to Strawberry's whatever anniversary, she got her son to write a song, Strawberry Rainbows or something. Oh, that's right. It was done in Rubber Soul. And Peter said they asked him to go along and help mix it and he just said he didn't have a clue what to do. Oh. He said, so he wow. just left it to the guy who owned the studio. He said, and couldn't, couldn't enjoy it at all. No, oh, and that's a gifted engineer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, amazing. Right, yes, yeah, so let's give this one a... I'm not sure if it's going to play because no, the tape right. looks wrong. Right, okay. I know exactly what that is. That's what lies underneath the drama at the end. Oh, you <coughs> very intermittently here behind all the little things going on, like the footsteps. So that won't have been heard wow. like that. Kind of in its pure, yeah, in its pure you, form. Because the drama's on top of it. Right. So you kind of get little glimpses of it when you hear it on the album. Okay. So they recorded that especially just to go underneath yeah. the bit it's at the end. Very nice. The sound is lovely. It's beautiful, yeah. Yeah, so if you find... Suicide. Right. That's it. You can hear it underneath. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's There's the, the lift. lift. Yeah. yeah. Long before Martin Hannett did it. You can just see the music Blint's on his way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so no Barclay James Harvest fans will have really heard that music. No, that's right. God. Does it come up more at the end? I'm not, just I'm not sure. You get little snippets of it throughout this drama. Yeah. Right. I might save this for the strawberry alcohol if you yeah. don't want. Huh. Wow, and um, I love that they used a ton of delay on that. Yeah. Where the, the guitars and vo vocals were kind of tumbling over each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. It's definitely the I'm Not In Love influence there, isn't there, on the backing vocals? Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Fantastic stuff. I thought it might be the drama itself with the footsteps yeah. and the. Same here. But there'll be another tape somewhere with yeah. just those effects on, won't there? Hmm. And they're still local as well. They're still in the kind of Savileworth oh, okay. area, which is where they were from. Right. 
John Lees is still around, mm. Melvin Pritchard died, and Woolly Wollstoneholm died. Okay. So it's Les... Austin. John Lees and Les Holroyd are right. the two who were left. Okay. I think it was John Lees who I did have contact with. Okay. Just in time! Oh, you want your demos next, don't you? Or do you want to save oh, them till wow. last? Oh, wow, yeah. I forgot yeah, about those. So demos yeah. or I'm Not In Love. Which is that one? It's the USA single thing. Well, let's go with that because it's down to three minutes, isn't it? Okay. So let's, let's okay. have the I'm Not In Love and save the demos till yeah. the end. And what, what's the running length that they've cut it down to? 347. And this presumably would be a, a classy Eric edit, unlike that horrible hatchet job that they released. Actually, can we hear the commercial edit release? Yeah. Is it around somewhere? Mm. Before we listen to this one, let's yeah. see if there's a difference. Um, yeah, it cuts out the last verse, I think. Does it? Let's see if yeah. we can find it. Have you got the tape there? E Y C S outtakes or Eric's or oh, Eric's outtakes keep wow oh. blimey is it is it Eric's I'm That's seeing Eric's from this distance but I don't know if it is or not it might be E Y C C S but I realise that the Channel Swimmer was the B side it must have been in America then there we go rather than good news because I didn't read Love Is in Australia I guess um, yeah I didn't tweak on that. I'm not finding the edited version on my phone. So. so Graham would have made a stack more cash from the sales because he's actually wrote written the A and the B side. Ah, right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I'd never realised before because no. it was good news, wasn't it? Very often they'd share the yeah. love, wouldn't yeah. they, on a release? Yeah. Cool, so this might be. Is that Eric's writing? Yeah. Yeah. So he has put Stuart first before Gould. Yeah, I'm course. not seeing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In fact, while I'm while I'm setting up the reels, let's uh, let's give that original version three forty four. So it's the same length, kind of. Yeah. So we don't have. Did, was it missing the the first okay. couple of bars? Yeah. yeah. Straight in, wasn't it? Yeah. And after this, I think it goes straight to the end. Just disgusting. Ooh. Right, gents, you ready? Certainly am. Go for it. Let's give it a bit of welling as well. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not in love, so don't forget it. It's just a silly face.
so that awful edit is mm. Eric's yeah. work. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm staggered. Yeah. I was thinking about this just last night and mm. trying to coin a word. Inel editophobia, I N I L editophobia. That feeling you get when you come across "I'm Not in Love" on the radio, and you get worried that what you're about to hear is an horrible edited version, and you, it's that because um, we've all heard those weird yeah. edits. But but that was Eric's own own edit. I know, and um, I I couldn't help but feeling disappointed yesterday because I thought, oh. You know, so there there does exist a, a, a nice, tasteful edit of this tune, but not so. Well, it can't be chopped off. Eric said, didn't he? It's like you can't chop the head off the Mona Lisa. It's uh, <laughs> it's got to be what it is, isn't it, for it yeah. to sound right? Yeah. Thank thankfully it, it did pretty much, and the edits have kind of come and gone. Yeah, they could have done it uh, in a more tasteful way, Paul. Um, I, I'm, with the the advantage we've got now of of digital recording where you can copy things ad infinitum without losing the quality mm. what they could have done is is kind of segued between uh, the the cut sections so that mm. you don't get that kind of harsh scissor cut if they'd just done yes. a little bit of a crossfade uh-huh. in between yes. it, it would have been a much smoother transition but of course he, he had to copy it onto a, another tape and then literally get his razor blade out I'm glad they couldn't do that because yeah. that preve- I, that prevented the song being uh, changed in a way that it never should have been. Yes, do you know what I mean. Yeah. So I'm glad I'm glad those edits didn't work. Mm. There's something else. There is something else on this oh. tape. We've just seen some yellow leader tape, and that that can only mean that we've got some little bits of tag. And what on the does end. it say on the actual tape itself? We think it says Eric's outtakes keep. <laughs> Let's hope they did. <laughs> yes. Good grief. Oh. Oh. Well, it's cold down here in the water. It's cold down here in the sea. Who'd be a channel swimmer? Only a fool like
Yeah. Wow. Is that the end or another leader into something else? No, that's it. Oh, oh wow. Mm. Doesn't yeah. that sound amazing? It's always been a magical little song for me, that. Yeah. And, I mean, thanks to Eric B, I now sort of understand why, in a way, because it's got all those all those resolutions happening on top of each other mm. in, in the main part of the song, some musical resolutions, sort of making everything all right with one's world almost. Sure. Um, it's, uh, yeah, and you can really, you can pick out, almost pick out the backing vocals, the individual parts, and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, really. the, um, the, the top end on that, Paul, from, you know, direct from tape, is so crystalline. Yeah, I mean, I'm hearing, I'm hearing now, you know, on this Zoom chat through a pair of, you know, filtered through my headphones, which aren't so good. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I can imagine hearing it on, on the big speakers at yours yeah. it must be even, even better. So was that the master for us, an American single release yeah, or something? Yeah, that was the single. So I'm wondering what the process was. Did the band get together and try and work out what they could cut out? Or was it Eric's decision as the engineer, did yeah. he just think I could chop that bit out? I don't know, it's interesting, isn't it? Can I see the others being that interested? Uh, they were fiercely proud of it, mm. so they, they wouldn't have wanted it kind of bastardised. Shame it was. Mm. But when people, you know, all the cover versions people have done over the years, when mm. people are looking for a four-minute version, what they usually do is they cut out the big boys don't yeah. cry, but they go straight to the bridge, mm. then they repeat one of the verses, and then you've got a four-minute version. So it's interesting they mm. clearly wanted mm. that to feature. As the feature, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, within it. Because it is the, 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 the chilling bit, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, um, the bit, yeah. The bit that surprises me, I hadn't, I hadn't realised, was um, that Channel Swimmer, presumably, was the B-side in the US to I'm Not In Love. Mm. And... Up to now, the royalties, as we know, had been split pretty equally because of mm. whoever wrote the A side wrote the B mm. didn't write the B side. And the interesting thing here is, this record sold a million copies in the US, mm -hmm. um, and B sides make as much as the A sides in those days from the from those payments. So Graham is on both mm. A, A and the B side. Yes, Eric's on the A, Kevin's on the on the B, and yeah. Lol isn't anywhere to be seen. And there's, I remember an old interview of theirs where mm. they talked about sort of money differences within the band mm -hmm. and, and I always always thought I'm not quite sure what would have driven that I wonder whether that was actually a, a little a bone of contention of, yeah, yeah yeah within the mix interesting but, yeah wow that was that was a lovely unexpected bonus it's nice to have a high-res version of Channel Swimmer isn't it not half it's interesting because Eric does a lot a lot of interviews with Eric where he talks about disdain at having to edit it because the record company, the BBC mm. had said mm. we want you to edit it and there's this comments about 
you know, if you're Michelangelo, how do you, you know, mm. what do you do? Yes. And yet, this is before the BBC had even asked that from a UK point of view. They'd already agreed to do this in the in the US. Is mm. it quite stuck yeah, up? Yeah, is no, it? it doesn't, does it? No. It was lovely, and, and again, it, you can't listen to "I'm Not in Love Enough," can you? No. It sounds so amazing. Even that in in its um, third generation quality. Mm. I can't see any sludge on the heads at all from our our plane today, so I think we've been very lucky with the baking. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, these these Ampex tapes are the guilty guilty ones in terms of uh, sticky shed syndrome. Are they? Yeah. Right. Scotch as well, but I think Ampex are my... The demo tape I was telling you about the other day, that's all an Ampex. That's really sludgy. Okay, right. Well, this one's in a bit of a sorry state. Is it? Yeah. We're so privileged, aren't we? Oh, it's unbelievable. Every single tape has yielded some interesting stuff, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, interesting's undercalling it. It's just uh, amazing. There are all other other bits of the story that we didn't know until mm. before we played the tape today. Yeah. yeah. It's total archaeology, isn't it? Mm. Look here, demos. These will make me suddenly like the album. It, 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 I know it's going to have that kind of effect. We've still got a couple of tapes in the oven. <clears throat> Do we know what they are? I think uh, we've got original soundtrack side two. Oh yeah. yeah. Art for art sake single four twenty one. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's a single mix and the Wall Street Shuffle single master. Yeah. Excellent. So. Probably no surprises there. It would just be nice to hear it mm. loud and proud, won't it? Although when we didn't think there were surprises yesterday, <laughs> there were. So <laughs> yeah. you just never know, do you? Yeah. Yeah. So on the on the box it says uh, 10cc demos, December '79. Mm. The box is from Strawberry uh, Recording Studio South. Um, they obviously didn't have the title for the album yet because it's called 10cc album number seven very okay. creatively which is probably a better title than look here <laughs> yeah. um, and the three songs on here are lovers anonymous welcome to the world and i took you home the interesting thing here is they, they'd started recording the album in august 79 so right. whether these are demos or whether they're you know work in progress versions of it we will hear shortly mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> That, that wasn't on tape, that was my chair. Apologies. Right, I've no idea if this is going to play forwards or backwards because there's no leader tape, but it may just start straight off. There's backwards. backwards. I didn't know George Harrison played his sitar at Strawberry. Uh, okay. The quality sounds amazing, actually. Mm. Very clear. Mm. And that sounded like a couple of acoustics to me. Show me the way 
I can slow myself down You can talk me round I'm a fool for falling again You gotta save me And take away the temptation Wake me up when it's over Oh yeah, you gotta talk me down You gotta talk me down I'm calling lovers anonymous I'm calling lovers anonymous You talk about your troubles and we throw you a line Talk about your troubles and we throw you a line
amazing piano playing on that. Yeah, incredible, mm. yeah. Welcome to the world, this will be interesting. Yeah, it will be interesting. Wow. Oh, nice drum machine. Them, yeah. Isn't it? yeah, I wonder yeah. if it's Eric, just Eric and Graham on the first one. Maybe like a writing demo kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, maybe. 
can't be able to do that. All right. Oh. Another version. Classic. Should have kept it as an instrumental, mm. in my <laughs> humble opinion. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> but it should have been a single. Still. But that that is way more enjoyable for me than the. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. I don't like the vocals on it. Oh. Wow, that's brilliant, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful? Funky prog. I mean, 
amongst you know great musicians technically perhaps Duncan and Rick have the best chops of all don't they yeah and, um, and we and we know obviously from talking to to Rick uh, you know what an accomplished musician he is mm. um, but the the two of them together that is tighter than a tight thing as well isn't it yeah I mean demo doesn't really do that justice although it almost certainly isn't the those elements were all re-recorded I think they must have been I'm not sure, but but you, you thought. Do you reckon? Do you reckon they might have so, overdubbed the drums? Well, yeah, but that's a tall order, isn't it? But uh, yeah, that's right. The main keyboard parts seem to sound exactly the same, but I don't recognise the guitar parts. You know that lovely kind of Mark Knopfler solo he he puts in there. Um, mm. I think it's a wonderful uh, little piece that. Yeah, great. I mean, obviously they're the two composers of "A Welcome to the World," and yeah, and and you know, many people think that's amongst the strongest or even the strongest track on "Look Here." Mm. So that's a great, a great find. What 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 else is on that uh, "Look Here" demo tape? Then? Well, I'll give you I'll give you a couple of brief snippets, Paul. <laughs> Never 
smile He said it was time for me to go Stumbling out into the morning Hoping my feelings didn't show more intimate aren't they in this sort of demo form That was an old tape they yeah, just re recycled. Yeah. For demos, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know Duncan Mackay plays the violin. Oh, right. Ah, so it might be just a little... Whether a Duncan Mackay bit. Mm. A doodling of his. Yeah. Wow. Brilliant. It's interesting with it. I mean, I took you home. Just that, the way he sang it there was more convincing. Yeah. Mm. And, and the yeah. sort of slightly slower pace. <laughs> yes. Unless overdubs of instruments. Yeah. yeah. No, of it, yeah. It's a very sickly... Yeah. Sickly record, I think. Yeah, uh, but that was much nicer. And I, I don't, I don't hear Graham on that demo at all. On no. that one, no. no, no, no. But it still just tells me that "Welcome to the World" should have been the single. But I wonder if they ever would have countenanced a non-Eric and Graham track being a single, or whether they would have been stopped, or whether they would have stopped it. Yeah, I don't know because they they sang on it, but obviously weren't. Yeah, originally. But I wonder whether the politics of it. Yeah. We heard back from Rick a few days ago, and this is what he said about the Look Here demos. Thanks, Sean. Good stuff. Maybe I should have paid closer attention, but I couldn't tell if Dreadlock was different from the record. Good to hear Nothing Can Move Me Again. Not a bad song. The Look Here demos were fascinating, particularly for me. Welcome to the world, of course. I don't even remember singing the original demo. Hilarious little rinky-dink drum machine. Easy to forget that that's what we had back then but the production is fairly extravagant for a demo. Very glad to have that, with or without Vox. Q. 
curious little bit at the end of that collection with the piano and violin. No idea what that was. And I'm afraid I have no idea about Lollipop, except that it's almost certainly nothing to do with any of us. It's clearly all natural instruments. The studio was used by other people. Wall Street, I assume, was the same as on the Live and Let Live album. It's a shame your hall didn't include the original demo of Don't Send We Back. That I'd love to hear again. I actually recorded it on my own at Strawberry South, and I remember there were things about it that I felt we never quite got on the master recording. Of course, I could be deluding myself about that. Anyway, thanks. Rick. Don't send we back, have mercy upon us. We know you don't want us, but we got no one. Don't send we back, we ran out of water. We won't last the morning in the vacant sun. He always gives us such fantastic and, and courteous replies, doesn't he, Paul? It's yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really nice, detailed reply, that. And... Um, yeah, the look here demos are are really interesting, and obviously the um, welcome to the world in in its in its two versions, vocal and instrumental. Quite quite um, fantastic playing on that. Oh yeah, um, and nice to hear Rick's lead vocal on the demo. Although I think I'm sure Rick would agree that um, it was a you know a good idea to have Eric and Graham sing the finished product. Good yeah. good. Good collabor- collaboration there between the four of them, Duncan Mackay, Rick, Eric and, and Graham. Definitely, definitely. Um, and uh, interesting that he was saying that he couldn't tell any difference between the Dreadlock track I sent through and the finished version. But, and this reminds me that a few people, Paul, have kind of been expecting us to produce these new versions of songs. And it's perhaps because we've not properly explain the difference between what we've had this time around which is master tapes the difference between them and multi-track tapes like we had at Christmas with Natural Wonder and Survivor etc those tapes were 24 track multi-tracks where we could digitize each of the individual tracks and then mix them together in our own mix whereas this time round we've just got the little quarter inch tapes which generally speaking are Eric Stewart's mixes from the multi-track onto a smaller quarter-inch tape. So we're hearing Eric's final version, if you like, of of those tracks at that particular moment. That's the difference, and there's nothing we can do to change the sounds. Um, and if truth be known, I've not made a single change to any of these recordings. I've not EQ'd them. I've not I've not done any noise reduction. I've not even compressed them. So uh, they, they do sound quieter than the finished product, simply because the quieter parts of the recording haven't been brought up and the, the louder bits squashed down so that uh, in, in, in modern ways, uh, when you play a CD, the track really kind of hits you between the eyes. These won't, simply because they've got all the, the original dynamic range um, right. and, and therefore overall they're quieter simply because the quiet bits haven't been brought up to the kind of maximum level, if that makes sense. So you won't really hear much difference between these tapes and the final versions, except that they're quieter. That's it, really. But unless, unless we happen to chance upon a snapshot where we got a mastered version which was different from the finished product. Yes, which, like, like with I'm we, Not In Love, uh, which yeah. is a, a, a master... Uh, to quote the tape box, um, but it was superseded by a, you know, a, a final, final version. 
Let me play you for 30 seconds of side two of the original soundtrack. We, wow. ha- we had a lot of fun listening to this uh, through those speakers yesterday. Um, but this really surprised us. Um, this track came on and we, and we just, the three of us just looked at each other and smiled <laughs> because we love it and it's one of 10cc's best singles. But see, see what you make of this, Paul. It's quite interesting. Right. right? There was white leader tape between each of the tracks. Okay. And we had to manually press play to get the, right. ne- the next track to start. Okay. Interesting. Oh. Oh. Ooh, I'm so Maybe they use the single master. That's weird. Maybe they took it off to do the this tape and they've mastered this a single maybe could have done that yes it'll be on its own reel yeah as the single yeah. that's it <laughs> and uh, it took us a little while to work out what might have happened here right so that's all there is of ministering oh, minist- on the master reel for side two Ah, so the single mix had all... They already had the single mix, so they just slotted that into the gap? Yes, it's something like that, I think. Or okay. they compiled the, the, the Side 2 album master with mm. the complete version of Minestrone, including mm. that intro. Right. Um, and when they decided to release Minestrone as a single, what they did was physically took away the, the the minestrone bit that they wanted to release as a single and they literally cut it with a razor blade and removed <sighs> it from the album reel wow so the minestrone single mix must exist on a little reel somewhere yeah which we haven't got of course yeah wow that's oh, quite that's quite something isn't it <laughs> uh, wow. yeah so um it had a it had our head in knots yesterday and um <laughs> I sent a, a copy of, of these tracks to uh, to Dave Jarvis, of course, as well. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, he's only been able to access the the original soundtrack one so far. But his one right. comment was, um, "Minestrone cuts off." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and, and I promised Dave that uh, I'd, I'd explain our thinking as to why that possibly mm. is, but. Uh, how fascinating. So we were just, we'd, we'd gone out into Ulster and, and grabbed a pasty from our local deli and mm. uh, decided to play uh, this tape as a kind of a um, our lunchtime break, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and it didn't turn out that way because we spent half an hour discussing this bloody, <laughs> the missing, the missing song. Yeah, yeah. hilarious. Quite um appropriate that you were having your lunch when minestrone didn't turn up luckily you had you had, you had good job you had pasties instead yes that's right and and heated up of course you know in yeah. in in, uh, in tribute to mr cream yeah <laughs> over and over and over 
different sound to mm. my CD. Yeah. They might have brightened it up in the mastering process. Mm. The the next one, well, it is um, from Strawberry Mastering, and it's of a version of Art for Art's Sake, which is four minutes twenty-one. So it's an edited version of Art for Art's Sake. But the thing that's unusual about this is the date on this is the 13th of March 1980. So um, quite why there's an edited version around that date, because obviously the song is... So what's that? Greatest hits. Would have been already out by then. Well, yeah, yeah. 79, wasn't it, that? Yeah, yeah. so um, whether this, you know, is it a live version, um, we'll see. But um, that's the, it's the date that's unusual mm. on this one. And the second tape is an original strawberry, no date on it, but we're pretty sure it's from the 70s, from the sheet that's used. Copy Master of Wall Street Shuffle and Gizmo My Way, the single and B-side. And just to reinforce the point before about them changing the B-side and the royalties on the American single, this is Stuart Goldman A-side, Godly Green B-side. Mm. And of course, one of the first kind of starring roles for the Gizmo. The interesting thing about Gizmo My Way, when you when you see the published credits for it, is always Godly Cream Stuart Goldman as a four. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yes. Was that? Was that? Is there only two? Yeah. Unless it was counted as. No. Yeah. Yeah. But. Strange. Interesting. Mm. So we think this tape is art for art's sake. Um, it's quite mouldy, mm. and we we did our best to give a bit of a clean up yesterday. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we shall see. I've no idea if it's going to be playing forwards, backwards, whatever. So. March nineteen eighty was when Look Here was about to be released. That's true. Yeah. In fact, in fact, one two five, I think, had just been released around this sort of time. So mm. it's not one. Mm. Let's see if it sounds any different for any reason. I wonder if they were releasing it in a different market. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it could just be something like Eric or Graham said, "Oh, I fancy a better master version. Do me one." Yeah. Well, it's unmistakable, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Doesn't sound the healthiest, didn't did it? Um, and interestingly, there was quite a lot of brown residue from the oh. original soundtrack, but it was a longer tape. That's true. But so far, we've not had any sludge. No. Uh, I can't believe our luck. I wish Pete was here. Yeah, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? He could do it properly for him. <laughs> Sounds all right. Yeah. Sorry about the noise.
rude Don't give a damn, don't give a hoot Still gotta keep making the loot So that is the very familiar single version, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. But why 1980? Mm. I don't know whether it was, maybe whether it was released as a single, as you say, in some markets from the Greatest Hits album where it wasn't hit first time, first time around. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. all I can think of. Yeah, yeah. And as there wasn't anything as good as that on the Lukir album, it sounded so beefy, didn't it? Mm. Yeah. Do you know what? The one thing that's always uh, puzzled me about Art for Art's sake is that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Eric never sang the lead vocal live, did he? Apart from maybe you know Nebworth or I think he did in the in the on the '76 tour, but after that he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. I wonder I why. Don't I don't know. Mm. I mean, maybe because they gave it to Tony O'Malley, yeah, and I then they gave him one, didn't they? And then because it does it does work with Graham's voice, doesn't it? Quite well, I think that's yes. all. Whether then Graham said, look, you know, I wouldn't mind having a crack at that one. Mm. Yeah, and he and it kind of stuck. Mm. I wonder if Eric didn't like singing it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe, yeah. Right, Wall Street s- single master. Was it on Wall Street? They changed one of the one of the lyrics was changed for the single version. Yes. Was it? Is it was it like um, Howard Hughes? Screw you, screw, screw me, me, sue me, or something like that? Was Error. it? Yes. Ah, oh, yes. So this could so have the lyric maybe. Changed. On the British Greatest Hits, I think he says. Screwed, doesn't yes, it? Yes, he does, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the Sumi one is very rare. I mean, I've hardly ever heard it. Existed. it. Oh, it's a bit like the worst band in the world yeah. alternate one. I knew about that one. Mm. I didn't know about that. Okay. I think it may stop automatically, this one, because um, there's a section of it that looks like it's someone spilled 
cup of cocoa on it. No. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Hmm. It's kind of like matted hair. Oh. <laughs> but it might just be shaken in transit or something like that. Right. Yeah. Let's hope. Sumptuous. Mm. 
That's one of the nicest sounding demos mm. we've uh, tapes we've yeah, had yeah. today. Yeah. Beefy, mm. ridiculous. The bass, yeah, mm. yeah. Graham's bass. I mean, yeah. Oh, wow. Now, do you know what? From the order of those tracks, I'm surprised they didn't accidentally put the A side yeah. out as the B side. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
That's a slightly shorter, isn't it? That version. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yes. I, I didn't hear the lyric. Do they? Was it yeah, screaming or screaming? Screaming. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a day! Amazing. Whoa, Incredible. Fantastic. And we finish with the best ten CC song ever. Is that your favourite <laughs> yeah. song? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it's the kind of most straightforward, isn't it? It's and there's no kind of cleverness to it. It is kind of reasonably. Straight. Yeah, although I mean, I lyrically say lyrically, there is lyrically. There's, I, I've tried. I mean, I've been learning some of the stuff, you mm. know, um, and I, and there's some lovely chords yeah, in yeah. those middle bits. Yes. you know, the old Howard Hughes bit. There's no kind of changes. There's no key changes yeah, or anything or anything but, fancy. It's but, just kind of straight in yeah. my head anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's not a quirky number, no, is it? No. It's, it's like really high quality pop rock. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. With a kind of good. Thing to attack a kind of yeah, you know, yeah. a really good yeah yeah in yeah. the way in the same way <coughs> I thought Les Nouveau Riche was a good target but they didn't carry no, it off exactly no. but they could have done yeah, yeah could have been maybe yeah. with Godly and Cream in there exactly they made that perfect couldn't exactly they? yeah set the knife in properly yeah exactly sure. yeah. I love the innovative instrumentation I'm especially like the the synth bass yeah. sort of Grange Hilly yeah. yeah and the the Mellotron yeah the Mellotron is beautiful it's on beautiful there, isn't it? yeah. Wonderful. Just that one little bit that it comes in on. It's yeah. lovely. You owe me a, a, a trip to Ulster, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, in fact, I do need to. I, th- I need to bake one of my old tapes mm. um, um, to sort of store away the information on that tape. So I, I say my. I've only got one. Uh, Brilliant. One, bring, bring it on. To in, yeah, I will. So I need. I need to bake it and then get it back to Renee and 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 then use it for something else. But yeah, well. Well, we'll organise that. Yeah, fantastic. But I'd, I'd, I'd love to be able to sit in here uh, with you, Paul, and just blast out what, what we uncovered yesterday. I think yeah. you'd really enjoy it. Oh, I'd, I'd love to. And I'd even to. even though yeah. it's not that it's not the same kind of visceral experience of what, <clears throat> watching a, a, a tape whir around noisily. Uh, yeah. In fact, we had to listen loud because uh, just to mask the sound of uh, of, of a <laughs> tape machine. But it, it's um, it's a bit like putting a record on. You know, it's a very different sensual experience when when a Mm. tape's going round and of course what I've realized uh, over the course of of the last few months and you know sort of being privileged enough to have a lovely Revox machine and Mm. the huge privilege of having these tapes is that analog tape uh, well recorded and well mastered has got to be the finest ever medium hasn't it Right, um, but better even than 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 digital recording. Okay, digital recording is clean, but yeah. digital recording is <clears throat> is only ever a kind of a facsimile, a facsimile of mm. of the original sound. Whereas the original tape is is almost a an exact mirror of how sound occurs naturally, and I, and that and you've got the the slight imperfections and impurities in in the plastic tape that, yes. that create the, the kind of overtones and harmonics, um, the kind of lovely distortion you get off an old cassette. Um, yes, it's, it's messy, but it's a lovely messy. Uh, there's a warmth in it. Um, and so it's been a, just such a joy hearing these, these tapes come straight off the plastic. Uh, and it, I, I can't emphasize enough how much that experience was just really magical. Mm. Yeah, it's the closest we've. Yeah, tape, I guess to a you know as a 
as a layman now I'm talking because I'm not like a professional engineer, but you, you associate tape with cassettes, mm. which seems to be somewhere down the, the you know, <laughs> further down the chain because you think of old vinyl as the experience. Mm. But really vinyl has gone through that process. It's, it was closer when it was the original tape, wasn't it? And then it goes on to vinyl. Whereas here, yes. this, is the, this is the closest we get to being able to capture the sound. It's never, never closer or more immediate to the source as, as, as the original tape, is it? 100%. It was very interesting. Um, I, I posted a video of, of the Dreadlock Holiday, Nothing Can Move Me, Master. Mm, oh, yeah. Love um, it. Which, which does sound great, even though, you know, it's filtered through, you know, the YouTube settings. But yeah. it's, it still sounds marvellous. And one of the people responding to that said, oh, I'd love to hear this mastered onto a seven-inch record. <laughs> and, uh, and, and and I agreed. But um, another chap came came on and, 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 and answered that and made the very good point. Why degrade the quality by sticking it on a piece of plastic that you would then play with a glass needle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true, isn't it? I mean, vinyl does sound wonderful, you know, despite the the noise and crackles and so on, but you're right. It's it's just a, a primitive physical version of, of of the pristine perfection that's that's recorded on the analog tape. Yeah. Wow. Here I am. I'm getting all excited, and it's still only seven o'clock in the morning, Paul. Yeah. Speaking of which, I need to um, <laughs> get get off to work now. But that, yeah, that was that was fantastic. All right, and enjoy the rest cool. of the tracks as well, Paul. Yeah, oh yeah, I will. Thank you so much. Sean. All right, great mate. Work. Yeah, and have a great weekend. All right, and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, love yeah, to I'm love good. to all. Yeah, thanks, mate. See, See you ya. soon. Bye, bye, bye. You've been listening to the Consequences podcast, produced by Paul McNulty and Sean McCreevy. Thanks for listening.